0: Do uh, do you guys, anybody here have regrets in life? You don't need to raise your hands. I was uh, telling them at first service, My one of my biggest regrets was that third piece of Dutch apple pie that I had the other day. You know, when you get into that third, when you're thinking, th- those first two were awesome, you get into the third, you get to the end of it, you're going, yeah. <laughs> uh, I've got more regrets than just the third apple pie. Piece of apple pie, by the way. One of my, ironically, one of the, uh, one of my greatest life regrets revolves around um, what I've always perceived to be one of my strengths. Um, I, one of my, what I perceive as one of my strengths is I'm always I'm a possibility guy. I'm always looking to the future about to think about what things could be or how they might be used or how things um, could develop. I, i I, I see myself kind of as a visionary. I don't know if anybody else does, doesn't matter, but that's kind of how I've envisioned myself over the years. And, and most of the time that, um, that character trait has served me well. But there have been times when, um, that tendency that I have to always be looking to the future has actually been played out in some very unhealthy ways in me. um, as I said, I, I've, I'm always looking to what the next thing is, which means that I have a tendency sometimes not to live in the moment. Anybody else do that? And um, that can have detrimental effects on everyone and everything. And it can be, it'll be a, it's a detriment for me in that I don't appreciate all the blessings that I'm living through right at the very moment because I'm always thinking about the next thing. Or it may affect the relationships that I have with the most important people in my life, and every time you do that, um, you're, you're. I am. I'm not going to speak for you, but every time we do that and we have a tendency not to be in the moment, but always looking to the future, we're dishonoring God and the moment that He wants for right now. Now I share that with you this morning. Um, for those of you who are guests or visitors with us, we have been on a journey together for the last six weeks here at Prairie Bible through a book study, an all-church book study. We've had lots and lots of small groups that have been working through this book called um, What's So Spirit- Spiritual About Your Gifts? And I mentioned at the first service that I didn't think that was a great title for this study because um, when when I look back now on the six weeks that we have spent in this study, there's two things that I would, if I were going to, uh, describe this or entitle this book, it would be getting to know the Holy Spirit or learning to walk in the Spirit. That's, that's in essence the things that we have um, been learning these last few weeks in this book study. Learning to know the Holy Spirit and learning what it's like to walk in the Spirit. And one of the things I've learned in these last six weeks is that it's very important when you're choosing to walk in the Spirit to live in the moment, which is one of my struggles. Because, you see, every day of your life, and this is not an exaggeration, every single day of our lives, God, the Holy Spirit, has an assignment for us. And if we aren't living in the moment, it's very possible that we'll miss what our assignment is. Which leads us, by the way, to probably the most important requirement for walking in the Spirit, and that revolves around the issue of surrender. We, if we are going to live in the moment, if we are going to walk in the Spirit, one of the most important things that we've got to learn is to remember to surrender, And by the way, surrender isn't something that you just make a decision to do one day of your life. Surrender is a decision that needs to be made every day of your life. Now, my friend Tom would say that, you know, if you're really competitive, nobody ever, those of us that are competitive, we don't want to surrender, right? Consider what that means for you today, though, because it may be one of the most important decisions that you ever make. Choosing to surrender. Remember to surrender every day. If you have your Bibles, open them up to um, the Gospel of Luke chapter 9. I think that's found on page 1030 if you're using one of the church Bibles. Found on 1030. And as you're looking that up, I'll give you a little context for the passage that we're going to look at specifically today. Here in Luke chapter 9, it's probably got some of the most famous stories of Jesus' life here on earth in the entire Bible. For example, one of the stories, one of the greatest miracles of Jesus' life is described in this, in this chapter. It's the story of the feeding of the 5,000. Remember that story with two fish and five loaves of bread? Jesus feeds 5,000 people. And actually, historians will tell you that it was actually more than 5,000 people because that's just describing the men, that there were, there were women. You add the women and the children into it, it could have been as many as ten to 12,000 people. And here's what's really cool about that story. Every one of those people was kind of like a, a, a Jesus pebble dropped into their pond. And it, Jesus and the fame of Jesus kind of radiated out from there. It's one of the most famous stories, one of the most powerful stories, potentially powerful stories in the entire Bible. Go a little further into Luke chapter 9, you find another story that is awesome. It's called the story of the transfiguration. You remember that story? Jesus invites um, Peter, James, and John up onto Mount Hermon. And they don't know what they're going up there for, but once they get up there, it's like like this spiritual bomb drops on them because Jesus is transformed, transfigured literally right before their eyes. The Bible says that his face changed, that his clothes began to to became a brilliant white and he began to glow. And that was that that's that's just part of it. Right there, as they're standing and watching this transfiguration occur to Jesus, two of the most famous people in all of world history show up and have a conversation with Jesus. Moses and Elijah show up, and they're just standing there talking like it's any other day. Jesus had given them a vision for what the future was going to be. And it was pretty awesome. Well... Nestled in between that cool story of the feeding of the 5,000 and that very cool about the story of the transfiguration is a story that isn't quite so famous. In fact, it's a story that many of us maybe just kind of roll right over because the implications in this story can make you a little bit uncomfortable. Um... I just described to you the fact that Jesus is now kind of like his momentum and his fame is just kind of building almost to a crescendo because of the feeding of the 5,000. And as the disciples are living through all of this, they begin to have dreams and visions for the future themselves. In fact, there's a story one day when Jesus is walking down the road with them and they're, they're having a debate about who among the 12 will be the greatest. See, there's, what they're envisioning the future as being is Jesus being this earthly king, right? And they're, because they're human, they're thinking, Jesus is going to be king. Now, the real question is, what role am I going to play in his court, right? And Jesus, because he's God, knows this is the stuff going through in their heads, not only the fact that he's heard them have conversations. So he decides, I probably need to give them a more realistic vision. Of what the future holds because it wasn't what they were thinking in between these two stories he sets them down and he says listen guys I know what you're thinking that this is the future is gonna be awesome and it is but not everything between now and all that awesomeness is gonna be so awesome There's coming a day, and it's not that far away, when I will be despised and rejected. And what are you talking about? Not only will I be despised and rejected, but they will beat me and they will kill me. What? That is not my vision for your future, Jesus. But he wasn't through. He could see that they, were, that they were rocked by this news. So he says, yes, I'm going to be despised and rejected and I'm going to be beaten and murdered. But the good news is that I will rise from the dead. And they're going, what? It was just too much to process. They're going, wait, slow down for a minute, would you? <laughs> Let me get my arms. What, you, you, you're, going to be, you're going to die. And then you're going to raise. Give me a minute. But he said, No. I'm not going to give you a minute. Look at Luke chapter 9, verse 23. After having laid this, this bomb on them, he says this. He says, now here's what you need to do today. He says, you need to deny yourself. You need to take up your cross. And then you need to choose to follow me Every day. If I were going to say that in another way to you, basically what he was saying to them was, if you guys are going to be Christians, you need to remember to surrender to me every day. You need to want what I want every day you need to embrace the fact that this journey, this adventure that I'm calling on you to isn't always going to feel good. When he said, take up your cross, they didn't know this, but when he said, take up your cross, he was inviting them into his suffering. Did you know that? They didn't. But that's what he was doing. Because living the Christian life, you see, I, I've, I, I hear lots of people who have bought into the lie that that once you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, everything's going to be great because you're living for the Lord and and He'll protect you from all the the bad stuff. No. He never once promised you that. And I know you don't come to church wanting to hear that. You come to church wanting to be built up. I get that too. I really do. But wouldn't it be better to hear the truth? And the truth is... What is required to walk in the Spirit is for you to set aside what you want, deny yourself, to take up your cross, be willing to suffer for the sake of Christ, if that's what He requires of you, and then remember to surrender every day. That's hard, but that's the truth. Now, having said all that, um, I don't want to give you the wrong impression. See, you could hear all this stuff that I'm talking about, and you could say, "Well, okay, I need to. I need to remember. um, I need to, to live in the moment. I need to. I need to recognize that it's not. Listen, it's not. It's not wrong to have dreams for the future." And to plan for a wonderful future. There's nothing wrong with that at all. In fact, as you stay right here in the Gospel of Luke, you just go ahead three or four chapters. There's a story when Jesus says, um, do not be like the man who goes to build a tower without first having counted the cost. Basically what he's saying there is that you should plan for the future. There's nothing wrong with it unless your plans for the future keep you from embracing the moment and living in the day. Let the past be the past. Let God have the future. And you remember to do that which you are called to do, and that is to surrender to choose to live for Jesus, to live on Team Jesus rather than on Team You. I was wrestling with that idea this, this week for a variety of reasons. And I, it caused me to remember five years ago. Five years ago, um, many of you know, um, I believed that the Lord was asking me to walk away from a career that I had spent over 30 years investing in. And so I, I surrendered to what I believed the Holy Spirit wanted me to do. And it was hard. For more, for more reason than you can imagine. Part of the reason, you know, some people would say that the, the hard part of that was, well, um, what are we going how, how to, how am I going to feed my family? That was a hard thing. But that wasn't the hardest thing for me. Because I actually believed that God would take care of us. What was what I was struggling to get my arms around was, it felt to me that my best days were in the past. And I couldn't envision a future. And that's hard for somebody who spends his spend whole life trying to envision and plan for the future right and all along the Lord would say to me said don't worry about it let the past be the past and trust me with the future and you do what you need to do today and what do you need to do today Craig you need to remember to surrender so I did now that sounds easy and it was not easy and I fought because I didn't want to believe that my best days were in the past, but I couldn't envision a future. But God could, right? What God's, God had a vision for a little church to be born in a barn right over there that He wanted me to be a part of. God had a vision that that same little church would. Grow in ways we never dreamed or imagined during a worldwide pandemic when every other church was just trying to figure how to keep their head above the water, right? And you know what? God even had a vision for what would happen in that little church last week. When standing room only crowd was screaming and cheering and clapping and just like they were at a football game for over a dozen teenagers who were coming up out of their baptismal waters to proclaim Jesus as Lord. That's pretty awesome, wasn't it? That was a good vision. He didn't tell me about that ahead of time. You know what he told me? He said, let the past be the past. And trust me with the future. And you do what what you can do today. And that is surrender. You see, here's what I know, because you are human. What I know is that some of you are living in the past today for a variety of reasons, and some of it isn't good. And you're allowing your past to define your future. God wants you to know something today leave the past in the past, if that's you. And for those of you that are like me that have a tendency to always be thinking about the next thing and he's saying, let me worry about that for you too. You do what you can do. And that's remember to surrender. You do that, every day has the potential to be an adventure. You do that, and every day has the potential to be the best and most important day of your life, which it is, because every day God's got an assignment for you. The Holy Spirit has an assignment for you today. Have you figured out what it is yet? If you haven't, that's good. Because that means the adventure awaits. But you gotta remember.